If you got your Bibles, you can go to Jonah chapter 3. Uh, we're going we're gonna to just talk for a couple minutes. And uh, if you can give me just a, just a little bit more monitor here. We're going to just talk for just a couple minutes uh, from the book of Jonah uh, before we go enjoy the heat and all kinds of festivities uh, out here. Uh, back to school. Can you believe it? We're back to school. Summer seems like they're getting shorter and shorter. It's wild. Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. How many love the word of God? Jonah chapter 3 verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Everybody say second time. time. A second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. I I think this is interesting because in the book of Jonah, if you grew up going to Sunday school, you know the book of Jonah. You know the character of Jonah because Jonah gets swallowed by a fish. All right, that's like a wild story. If you're new to church, you're like, say what? Like somebody gets swallowed by somebody gets swallowed by a, by a fish. It, Jonah was 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 a prophet, and he was called to go to the city of Nineveh and preach the gospel. And the Bible says this: that when God called Jonah the first time, so if he called him the second time, there had to be a first time. When 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 God called Jonah the first time, he went in the opposite direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. It says Jonah chapter one it says the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Some of Amittai go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, listen, watch this. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Okay, I'm just going to help you. He went through a lot to get away from God. Okay, it's not like he just said no. He's like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going down to the shipyard. I'm gonna sell everything. I'm gonna get a ticket. I'm gonna jump on the ship. I'm gonna go to Tarsh. It's like, bro, just say no. Like this guy is not like, you know those those kids that like just don't rebel, they're like, we're going all out. It's like, man, if you don't want to do what your parents say, just don't do it. But like, wow, you just like took it to the next level. Rebellion's not good, by the way. Just put that out there. Save some emails. If Nineveh's over here and Tarshish is over here, God speaks to Jonah and 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 God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah says, all right. I'm selling everything and I'm going direct disobedience to what God says. And we read in Jonah chapter 3, it says, and God spoke to Jonah a second time. But if you only had chapter 3, you would not understand all that Jonah went through in chapter 1 and chapter 2. In fact, there is a lot more to the story than the simple phrase, God spoke to Jonah a second time. You know, I feel like with sports sometimes it's like there's a lot more to the story than just like a score. I always like to explain it, especially if I lose. You know, it's like if it, it's like you lose a game. It's like you know, my, my boys play soccer, and uh, it's like it's like one zero. They lose. I'm like, well, there's more. To this, there's more to the story. It's not just a loss. Like you know, the rest were marginal, and you know, there's a foul at the end, and you know, the heat, and you know, it's like you got You got to throw in all the. Th- there's there's more to the story, and and there was more to Jonah's story than God just speaking to him a second time. 
When the call of God came to, to Jonah and, and, and he, he ran, he went in the opposite direction of what God was, was, was doing. The Bible says that, that he actually got on this ship. And, and, and this is interesting. And it says this, and it's a little controversial. In your Bible, it says, and God sent a storm. It's kind of a scary thought. Me and Pastor Keon were talking about this uh, earlier this week because that, that, that's scary to think about that God sent the storm. Do you ever, you ever think about that in your life? Like everything's going wrong and you're like, okay, is this me? Like you ever think about the heat like that? It's like, did we do something wrong? Is this the Californians? Did they? It's a joke. We love y'all. Welcome. Welcome. We want you here. We want you. We just never had this type of judgment. It's bad. You, 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 ever, you ever had life hit you, though, and you start wondering, like, am I in disobedience? Did, did I do something to cause this? And you're like, you're checking everything. It's like, man, I'm, I'm having my prayer time. It's like, I love my wife. I love my kids. Like, I'm tithing. I'm like, everything. Like, why is life so hard? In Jonah's case, he actually was in disobedience, and the storm actually was sent by God. So there is some truth to the fact that, that God will sometimes send storms to, to purge things from us. But, but I, I, want, I want you to look at this, that, that, that God sent the storm, and the storm got so bad that people were fearing for their lives on the boat. So bad that they start asking questions like, what are we about to do? Are we going to die? And Jonah comes up, and he's like, hey, guys, just to let you know, like, this one's on me. Can you imagine this? Hey, can you imagine someone like just puts up their hand in here and like, hey guys, the heat's on me. Like I wasn't supposed to come here. Like this one's on me. We're like, dude, you gotta leave. This isn't right. You have to go now. This, this is what Jonah does. He, he says, guys, this one's, this one's on me. And think how defeated he has to be to say this. He's like, just throw me overboard. Like, I, I mean, I'd like to think like, I care about others, but I'd be like, hey, guys, just take me back, okay? Take me back. I'll go to Nineveh now. I'm not, gonna, I'm not telling you to throw me overboard. I'm not ready to, like, lose my life for this. It's like, man, the storm's pretty bad, guys. Just, just take me back to the dock, okay? I'll let you go on with your business. But, but he's like, yeah, man, I, I'm, I ain't going to Nineveh. Just, just kill me, dude. Throw me overboard. And then the Bible says something else. God sent the storm, but he also sent something else. It says, it says God sent the fish. What? It's like, this, this really messes me, because like, is God up there like doing this stuff? You know, because then, then you're like, wait, God, are you, that, that really messes with your psyche. You know, like, God, stop sending stuff. But, but, but God, God sent the storm, and then God sent the fish. If you look at it, if you're Jonah, you would think that the storm was sent to kill him and the fish was sent to kill him. I, I don't think you would ever look at it as if the fish was sent to save him. I don't know anybody in this room. You're out swimming in Destin, out in the ocean. And you get swallowed up and you're like, thank God. I wasn't happy in my marriage anyways. <laughs> you're like, no. Like, I mean, that nobody is thanking God 
for getting swallowed up by the fish. That is not a vehicle of safety. But Jonah didn't understand that what he saw as the vehicle of death was actually the transportation to his deliverance. And if you're not careful, when difficulty hits your life, when difficulty hits your family, when challenges hit your life journey, if you do not be patient, you will misidentify the transportation as a death sentence instead of transportation into what God's taking you to. Because God sent the storm to strip Jonah of the pride. And God sent the fish to save him from himself. The, the only reason that Jonah went to Tarshish, I missed y'all, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. I missed y'all. I'm having fun today. The only reason that Jonah went to Tarshish was because of pride. The only reason you ever disobey God is because of pride. You don't disobey your God because you want to do something different. You disobey God because you think you know something better. Because if you really trusted that he knew what was best, you would never disobey him. The fact that we disobey him proves that we do not trust him. So it was pride in Jonah that said, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. So the storm was to strip him of the pride. And the fish was to save him from himself. I wrote this this morning when I was praying, or earlier this week, and I think I put it in my notes. I want to give it to you. Life will consistently prove its inability to please you or save you, all while attempting to convince you to give it one more chance. Life does not, not life is in your breath, finding your satisfaction in anything other than God. Finding your peace in anything other than him. Finding that, that success, love, acceptance in anything other than him. It, if, if you try to find it, life promises if you just give it one more chance, I'll give it to you. Tarshish promises if you come to me, I'll be a safe harbor for you. It promises you give me one more shot. But life will consistently prove to you its ineffectiveness. And life will consistently show its emptiness to you. And God will consistently show his goodness to you. Because God is gracious and God is compassionate. And it's interesting what happens while Jonah is in the belly of a fish. Who, who would ever thought that like Jonah's heart change happened in the belly of a fish? I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going to Nineveh. I don't want that to happen to me. It's like, I'll just change my heart right now. That's fine with me. If that's going to happen, like I'm not interested in anything that was going on in the belly of that fish. And even worse than that, it, it, it says, I'll read it to you. It says in Jonah 
chapter 2, it says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. This is not like, this was not when like Jonah was at a park. He was looking at beautiful scenery and he was writing in his journal. This is like when he's in the small intestine. He says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, this is, he's surrendering right now. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation doesn't come from Tarshish. Salvation doesn't come from me. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Who would ever thought that his deliverance would have been the vomit? It's like, that was, thank you. Like, that's nasty. That's nasty. Did did you know that, that, that after he was vomited, and he's there on the beach. I wonder if he thought, is God mad at me? Is God angry? Is God ever going to forgive me for running to Tarshish? I told him I would serve him. I told him I would be better. I told him I would love him. I told him I would go to church. I, I told him this year was going to be different. I made a New Year's resolution back in the beginning of 2023 that I was going to have my spiritual disciplines. And I, I, told, I, I wonder if he's ever going to speak to me again. I, I said I would go back into ministry. Or I, I said, I wonder if Jonah had those thoughts after he gets vomited up on the beach. And God doesn't waste any time. And I think it's so beautiful because literally the next verse, puke, sorry. It's graphic. And it says, and God spoke to Jonah a second time. There's more to the story. And God spoke to Jonah. I said, he has barely dried himself off. And God said, hey, it's me. Hey, buddy. How you doing? How's the fish? How's the storm? You ready to go now? Jonah's like, what? There's more to the story. You know where I've been? He's like, yeah, man, I sent that storm to strip you, and I sent that fish. I thought he was gonna kill me. To, to save you, to save. What if, what if Jonah would have turned on God in the fish instead of turning to God? I wonder what, what happened. See, some of us, where bitterness at God came from was not on the beach. It was in the belly. Nobody, nobody turns from God on the beach. Nobody gets bitter at God on the beach. Everybody gets bitter at God in the belly. Right? Think about it. Think about the people who are angry at God. Why are they angry at God? Life got so hard. Life hit me again and again. It kept on coming. She, had, she did this. He did this. They passed away. This happened. This financial crisis. The belly, the belly, the belly, the belly, the belly. And then when you get out of the crisis, you've been so mad at God in the belly, you didn't get mad on the beach. You're still mad from the belly. But if you can be in the belly, so, so graphic. 
It's just really gross. You can be in the fish and realize, I don't know what God's doing, but God's doing something. And I know he's good, and I know he's gracious, and I, I know he's compassionate, and I know he's full of mercy, and I know he loves me, and I know he has good plans for me, and I just got to endure this ride in the belly of this fish. And when the beach comes, God spoke to Jonah a second time. Do you know the only heart that changed in the journey was Jonah's? God's heart didn't change. Some of you are convinced that God's heart changed towards you while you did this or did that or wandered here. God's heart didn't change. Once you come out of whatever you were in, he's going to be there ready to speak to you a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. Some of you are like, I need more than that. A ninth time, a tenth time. Psalm 103.8 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and he's abounding in love. Psalm 111.3 and 4 says, glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Psalm 145 verse 8 says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. That's who he is. You're going to come out of this better. It's back to school weekend. And you know what I heard the Holy Spirit say? Get back into it. Some of you lost some of your fire. You lost some of your passion. You've lost some of your spiritual. Get back into it. It's back to school. Let's, let's, let's get back into it. I, I read this story this week when I was studying. It says, Harley Sheffield gained celebrity status through an unusual mishap. He was part of, the, of a 15,000-mile relay that carried the Olympic torch to the 100th gathering of the Olympic Games in Atlanta, Georgia. His section of the relay went over the Tacoma Narrows Bridge in Washington State. That's where I'm from. On May 7, 1996. While carrying the flame in a special stand on his bicycle, the rear tire blew out. Sheffield lost control of his bike and the Olympic flame went out. People gasped in disbelief, but the attenders of the torch knew exactly what to do. They simply reached into the van that accompanied the traveling torch, pulled out a new torch, and relit from the mother flame, which always stays in the van. And the procession continued. What happened on that Washington bridge happens all of the time in our Christian pilgrimage. We stumble, and the flame of spiritual zeal is doused. We stare at the extinguished torch and wonder if we can ever burn with spiritual passion again. When we turn in repentance, we find that the Holy Spirit has been with us all of the time and he carries the mother flame that can never go out. Our zeal can be reignited and the standard of Christ can once again burn brightly in our lives. The Holy Spirit is going to reignite the flame of somebody's heart today. It's back to school weekend, but the Holy Spirit is going to reignite the fire of someone's heart. This, this Sunday, today, in this service, the Holy Spirit is going to reignite someone's heart. Well, Pastor, what do I need to do? How do I get started? How do I get going? You know, it's so easy. It's, it's literally 
God does everything for us. And he leaves just a step to us. Max Lucado says this. If there are 1,000 steps between you and God, God will take 999 of them and leave the last one for you. God wants you back. But you must take a step towards him. And that step is called repentance. Now, I know for some of you, repentance has like a, a bad connotation. But you know what rep- repentance is? Nineveh, Tarshish. Repentance is this. God says, go to Nineveh. Okay. That's it. It's not, I'm so bad that I wanted to go to Tarshish. It just says, okay, Lord, you, you're, you're right. I submit to you. I surrender to you. You know best. I surrender my life to you. I felt this so strong this week is that for some of us, we're, we're, doing, we're doing the right things. Weathering storms. Walking through life. But God wanted to reignite that zeal. Some of you felt it when you were a kid. Some of you felt like it, felt like it when you were a teenager. But God's going to reignite that zeal again. That thing that you'd be up at night just thinking about the Lord. Not just in church services, but, but sometimes like just on a Tuesday night. You're just at your house and you're just thinking about the Lord. Some of you like waking up and you're on your commute and you turn off podcasts and, and you just turn on worship music and the presence of God fills your car and your heart's tender again and you just sense his presence and his closeness. Some of you gather some of your work buddies and you used to talk about all kinds of things and you say, you know what, we're just gonna get in the word again together and we're just gonna, we're just gonna start stirring zeal again. We're, we're just we're gonna get back into it. We're, we're just gonna, we're gonna get our, urgency back. We're, we're not just going to skate by. We're just not going to escape storms. Man, if we listen, we'll hear the voice of God speaking a second time. You're God's chosen vessel. His hand is on you. God's called you. He's anointed you. This is your moment. This is your time. We can't let our world slip away. America, slip away. We need revivalists. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need spiritual fervor. We need spiritual hunger. We need intercessors. We need the mantle of prayer to rest on the house of God again. We need prayer that moves mountains. We need faith that believes when it cannot see it. We need people of faith, people of God, people that stand when no one will stand. We need the fire of zeal reignited in our hearts again.